Hey there, welcome. It is Friday, October 2nd, and I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us shortly. And I got to shout, shake my hands up and shout, shake my hands up. No. Um, You know, it is Friday, I am happy to say, and um, looking forward to the weekend. Not that I have anything in particular planned, um, but it is the weekend, which means that it's different than the week, which means that it's different than every single day for the last six months, except for weekends, which, wait a minute, no, we're still at home all week, so it's pretty much the same. Never mind. Um, you know, uh, those who listen to this regularly know that I am a Green Bay Packer fan and it's, it's a sad day in Packerville. Our number two receiver, Alan Lazard is out indefinitely after core muscle surgery. Uh, so he tore a core muscle somehow and had to have surgery on that. So we don't know when he'll be back. Our number one receiver, Devante Adams, uh, didn't play last week because of, uh, 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 hip groin strain and uh we don't know if he's gonna be back this week either they're pretty much a game time decision so um yeah the packers receiving core is getting thin and all those people who said we should have drafted a receiver are going aha told you uh even though obviously up to this point being three and oh and winning by large margins in every game we have been able to say ha we didn't need them um so we'll see what happens here um this week they have uh, a game on Monday night, and then on, uh, they're against the Atlanta Falcons, which could be a pretty good game. We'll see. Uh, they usually have a pretty strong offense themselves, pretty good uh, air game. But uh, then the following week they've got their bye. They're one of the first teams to have a bye. They've got a fifth-week bye. So uh, if they can get through this week with a win, then they get everybody gets basically two weeks to rest before the next game, which is a good thing when some of your key players are a little bit beat up. So let's hope that um, Alan Lazard has a quick recovery and that Devontae Adams is doing well. And quite frankly, as much as I would love to have him back this week, if Devontae Adams is not 100%, I say sit him, even if it means we, we don't win the game, and have him ready and rested by the time we get to week six. Uh, I would rather he be healthy for the entirety of the season than go back out and re-injure something that's not 100% right yet. So, uh, you know, you got to think a little bit longer term for your season. There's 16 games, and uh, you hope that everybody stays healthy. Speaking of staying healthy, uh, the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game has been postponed uh, because of COVID. So we'll see what happens. Here's Aaron. Hola. Hola. So I was just talking about COVID because, you know, nobody ever talks about that. Um <laughs> And the fact that the Pittsburgh-Tennessee football game this weekend has been postponed because players tested positive from COVID. Apparently, a bus driver, uh, at the uh, when they played last week, the bus driver for the Tennessee team had COVID. And so uh, he's tested positive, and they think that he's possibly the, the vector through which then the players and a couple of the coaches tested positive. And so as a result, all of... The players on both teams have been asked to um, just wait, <laughs> you know, until we get everybody testing negative again. 
And so um, they said they would reschedule the game later in the year. What they may do is um, try, I don't know when the two teams have their bye weeks, but they may try to shuffle things around, and this will become their bye week, essentially. Um, Although bye weeks, I think, start next week, because I know the Packers have next week off, and they were one of the first teams to get a bye week officially. Because for those who don't know, uh, NFL plays 17 weeks but 16 games. Each team gets a bye week somewhere in there, but the bye weeks are scattered around, so it's not the same weekend. And so they'll start in week five. Certain teams will get off, and they will get off between week five and 10 or 12, something like that. And then they Okay, have well, to... I'm going to ask a dumb question. No dumb so, questions. Um, if COVID lasts two weeks, if COVID lasts two weeks, then how can a one week by week? Well, they get off one week, so they're off one week. They don't play that week, and they're off then the following week until they play again. So it's basically two weeks. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So if you take off one Sunday, then you basically have from Sunday, skip Sunday to the next Sunday. So it's two weeks. So roughly. And, of course, that's the assumption is that it lasts two weeks. But, you know, there's lots of people who, who if it if it progresses, I mean, it lasts two weeks if if everything goes well and you kind of fight it off, right? and you yeah. have a mild case if you have something if you have any kind of complications it can last longer than that and and as we're finding out there's people who have um uh some some lung scarring and some heart issues after the fact even some people they've said that have tested or who have tested positive but, but been asymptomatic in follow-ups they're doing follow-up studies with some of those people they're finding that there are some some uh longer lasting issues that they may get over eventually but that you know several months after the fact, even if they were um, asymptomatic, might have some, some uh, lung or heart issues. Well, and I wonder, because, you know, the, the, uh, it, this virus behaves a bit like malaria, where malaria, you get it, you have it, you're battling it for the rest of your life. It comes mm-hmm. back and, and yeah. you, know, you can have flare-ups, and, and I wonder if this is like that. Yeah, well, we have viruses like that all the time. I mean, you know, kids who, uh, you know, was it... Um, I can't remember the name of the virus, the one that causes shingles and chickenpox. Oh, um, uh, uh, it's, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, but it basically, that's the example, another example of something where, you know, you get it when you're a kid, most people. Is it varicella? Is that it? I don't remember. I don't remember. I thought it was a zoster of some sort. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, obviously we're high, high quality virologists. Uh, <laughs> And we know everything about what we're talking about here, yes. um, you know. But uh, as as educated people, we assume we know everything fully, right? <laughs> yes, that's... we're like we're like the professor on Gilligan's Island. He's a professor yeah. of everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what 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 is his degree in exactly? I don't know. Everything. Coconut phones. Everything. <laughs> yeah, coconut phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, uh, the professor will figure it out. Uh, yeah, the um, so you know, I mean, there's a lot of viruses that do that. That um, are, you know, they linger, they go dormant, and and or they appear to be dormant to, to outward symptoms, but they could be doing things internally that you're not yes. even aware of. Well, the herpes virus is like that. So anybody's ever gotten a cold sore, um, uh, you know, they come back. You get the first outbreak is awful. And then you get them like any time that your immune system is is like maybe you're really tired or really stressed or maybe spending too much time in the sun. I get cold sores, so I know what this is like. Right. And once you've got the virus, you've got it forever. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's something that I have not had, but I've got family members who get cold sores. 
Oh, they're and, awful. And it and they get and and they find that they're triggered by acidic foods. So like anything with lemons or sometimes tomatoes can trigger it. For me, it's it's when my immune system's taking a beating because I'm I'm stressed or working too much or I haven't yeah. been eating right. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's another trigger as well that that my family members have seen, and it's um, uh, yeah, it's it's clearly painful and no fun for anybody. Yeah, and I've I've had them since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yep, as no bueno. I no feel bueno. for you. I feel for you. So, so um, anyway, so that the Steelers are going to have a bye week. Are there any other good games coming up this weekend? So, well, I was. I was well. I started off by talking about uh, the the Packers. I figured, you know, I didn't want to bore the world with the Packers uh, too much, but I made everybody who was listening listen to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alan Lazard, our number two receiver, uh, had to have uh, core muscle surgery this week oh. and is out indefinitely. He tore something in his core, which sounds incredibly painful. Oh, that sounds awful. Um, and our top receiver, he's that was our number two receiver. Our top receiver, Devonte Adams, didn't play this past week. Uh, because he's got a hamstring, leg kind of groin injury. And so uh, he's out. We don't know whether Adams will be able to play this week or not. Last week he he suited up and came out on the field and after trying to do the warm-up said, no, nah, I, I don't want to risk it. And and since they have a bye next week, my feeling is, is if, if Adams is not 100%, sit him. And, you know, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But, uh, you know, I would rather have him healthy for the rest of the season than have him go back out, you know, trying to make sure that he's out there because he, he, we need to win this one game. I mean, the Packers right. are 3-0 and at this point. If we lose this game, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, and there's other guys out there that can play really well. And, uh, and in fact, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers had said that there's a, there's a guy, Darius Shepard, who was on the practice squad. Uh, who said that Dar- who, uh, Aaron Rodgers said Darius Shepard was really, really progressing well uh, and has improved immensely since the beginning of the year. He says every time I went uh, into the receiver's room or was it, you know saw, saw them in the gym, he was like following around Devontae Adams, who's recognized as one of the best receivers in the league, uh, you know, basically in his ear asking about, well, how do you move like this to release, get the guys to release so you can create space? And how do you know? He says he was just picking his brain all the time trying to be, get better. And he says, you know, awesome. that's, that, that sticks with you. That, may, that impressed me. And so, um, which makes me think that, hey, those of you who have fantasy leagues out there, you might want to look at Darius Shepard uh, this week. He might not be somebody you want to keep long term, but he might be somebody on the Packers who's going to see a lot of looks this week if, if Adams doesn't play. And so, uh, you know, it's, just. It just proves, proves positive that nobody has. Nobody has laurels to rest on. No matter what it is that you do in your life, you have to constantly look yeah. at getting better. Yeah. Constantly. Well, there's always somebody else who's saying, well, you know, I've got a better way of doing that. Or I, I'm going to work harder than everybody else because I'm, I need it more right now. And so, yeah, you can't just no coasting, no, no coasting. coasting. So, yeah, yeah. I honestly, you know, it's, I feel like I'm coasting on my swim team right now. It drives me nuts because there's just no facilities. I can't get in the pool. Um, and there are a few pools that are being opened uh, in in Orange County to uh, outside groups, but the teams that use those pools are already in those pools. And, and even in the best of times, before COVID, trying to find a uh, open water at a time that's not in the middle of the night was difficult because there are so many 
swim teams and water polo teams using the facilities, not only the schools, but all the, the, the private clubs. And, uh, you know, it really bothers me that, that we can't, can't be there and can't do that. And I know I feel for all of the kids on my team. I want to be able to give them a place to swim. Um, and there's just that not happening right now. So has this, has the school district given you any indication when they might open the pool to outside groups? They have said nothing publicly. Um, now, the Orange Unified School District, who owns the pool that I am using, has um, has started bringing people back into classrooms. This past week, they had uh, uh, grade schoolers in. Starting on Monday, they are supposed to have middle schoolers back in the classroom, and then the following week, high schoolers. So I am presuming that they're not going to do anything until they have kids back on campus and see how that goes. So I am hoping that maybe by the end of October, they will start saying, okay, you can start using facilities again. But I have nothing to base that on other than my just kind of gut feeling and what I've been watching happening. You know, they seem to be a very conservative district when it comes to their facilities and and what they're doing compared to, and I say conservative, I don't mean that politically. I just mean conservative in that they're, they're, you know, don't want to take on any additional risk, um, they're behaving very cautiously whereas i know other districts in orange county like the irvine school district has opened up their facilities to groups for use uh you know a month ago wow which is you know i mean in a sense it's incredibly unfair because you know there are people who are on those teams and those program and part of those programs are already back practicing and using facilities and uh you know and i wouldn't blame a anybody who who's been part of my program to say hey you know we're going to go over here and use their facilities you know and if you get your pool back we'll you know maybe we'll come back maybe not you know so orange unified needs to open it would certainly benefit me (laughs) would certainly benefit me um yeah but uh you know, each school district is going to do what they're going to do. And, I, you know, I mean, I can't blame them. They've got to do what they think is best for them with their facilities, you know, and it is their facilities. You know, I um, you know, wish wish I had won the lotto and could build my own facilities and make my own rules. But I didn't and haven't. And so I got to <laughs> I got to play nice. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. So are the Lakers playing this weekend? They're playing tonight. Tonight, Lakers play uh, set game two of the NBA Finals. Um, The uh, Miami Heat got kind of blown out in the first game, and so they are um, pretty much thumping their chest and saying, that ain't happening again. We will not go down like that. And uh, and I have every reason to believe they're going to come out really strong. Uh, they are missing two of their starters. Two of the five starters are injured and will not be playing tonight. Uh, Goran Dragic uh, basically tore the plantar fascia in his left foot. Ooh. And anybody who's ever had plantar fasciitis knows how painful that oh. can be. Can you imagine if it tore? No. He can't oh even goodness. stand on the foot. So I honestly don't think he'll be back for the series. I, I just I can't see that healing up in time for him to be able to go out and play basketball on a foot that has that, you know, I mean, that's just beyond painful. And then Bam Adebayo, their center slash forward, um, who is really their best answer to Anthony Davis on the Lakers in terms of just somebody who's physically 
gifted and sized to be able to compete with him, uh, has an injury to his left shoulder. And, um, you know, we talked about that the other day where he basically, on a move, threw his shoulder into one of the Lakers defenders as he went up for a shot and got the and one foul for for the against the Laker which I hate the way the rules set up but that because the way they set that rule up that's how he injured himself because you know smart players crash into somebody before they take their shot because that the foul doesn't count on them it counts on the guy you crash into which is makes no sense at all but that's the way the NBA is called these days that's the way the rules are written so um yeah, he's out with a shoulder injury, and he may return, but I don't. They don't. I don't think he's going to play tonight, is what they've said. So, uh, so Miami. Not only did they get blown out in the first game, but two of their starters aren't there, and so you know the men on the bench got to pick it up. They've got some really, really talented players. They're a very deep team, so um, I don't know how much that's going to affect them. Um, and and in fact, it might actually be an advantage because you know that all of the planning and prep that the Lakers did going into game one was to battle against the strongest version of the Miami Heat, right? If they take out two-fifths of those people and put in two other people, now it's a different mix and Miami's going to play differently. And so now the Lakers have to very quickly kind of redo their game plan to say, well, how do we play with these other guys? You know, what are their skill sets and what are their tendencies and how are we going to defend against them and play for them? So it actually might work as an advantage, not to mention just the inherent motivation of, you know, going out and winning one for your teammates when your teammates are, are not there or not able to play. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this is a much, much closer game. Well, and so it sounds like it'll be a, a very interesting game, a fun game to watch. I hope so, because the first one wasn't really. I mean, as much as I'm a Laker fan, it was pretty clear at halftime the Lakers were dominating, and you thought, okay, well, these are good players. They're going to come back. And when they came back in the third quarter, the Lakers just extended their lead and never gave it up. And it, it I mean, when you're up by 20 and 30 points for most of the game, it's not a particularly exciting game. No. No. So I mean, I'm uh, happy because I'm a, a Laker fan. I'm glad the Lakers were winning it ahead. But just, you know, I also like good basketball, and <laughs> that was not good basketball. Uh, so anyhow, so, at least anyhow, they didn't have drones flying around the the court, you know, giving yeah, us weird. I'm still kind of processing that because, you know, the thought of, and I we've heard rumors, and I don't know if it's conspiracy. I mean, probably the technology probably exists that they can put cameras in like drones the size of mosquitoes, right? So you think it's an insect flying around mm-hmm. your house, and it's actually not. Um, yeah. Uh, and and that to me is is absolutely horrifying. Well, it's definitely been something that's been in sci-fi for years. There's even a sci-fi story where they basically took like a um, uh, like a dust that they could come in and just like blow around your house, and that the dust was each little micro lens cameras that basically created a mesh network from each particle, and that they could then use the lensing from each piece of particle of dust, microscopic dust, um, to create an image of a room and so they would just come in and blow this dust in the room and then walk out and then they would have a camera built in and now that that was sci-fi but the idea behind it is completely logical and doable whoever wrote that piece of sci-fi initially understood where technology was going and how it could happen now has it happened have we solved the problems of that probably not thank god 
but uh, I, you know, yeah, you you've got to know that everything that we're seeing commercially available has applications that are not commercially available, and that some of them are more advanced in the not commercially available arena. You know that there's lots of research being done by CIA and NSA and those kinds of government agencies and black ops type of things that you know that are not on budgets where they're trying to figure out ways to take things that we use every day like the fact that we've shrunk cameras down in our phones and and make them much much smaller and realize that when they get much smaller they don't have to have the resolution that they do in our phone they don't have to have a 10 megapixel you know camera they can uh go much lower resolution and still and then you can get much smaller and still get enough information to understand what's going on in a given space. And so um, there's lots of different ways to, to make stuff happen. <sighs> Every once in a yeah. while, you'll hear somebody come out and talk about something that was like, okay, it's now been declassified because it's 10 or 20 years old. And you go like, wow, that's interesting. 10 or 20 years ago, we were doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder where we are now, you know? It's like some of the pictures that they show of satellites. You know, now we can go onto Google Earth and look at, you know, what it looks like to look down on the Earth from, I don't know, what is it, 100 feet up or something like that is essentially how much you can zoom in. And that's what's commercially available. You know, um, 25 years ago, they were able to do that secretly. Now we can do it on on Google Earth. Anybody can do it. Can you imagine what they could do now secretly? You know, so that's how I travel uh, in this time of COVID. It's Google Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, you fun. can you can really see things, you know, <laughs> right down to the nitty gritty there. But uh, you know, it's it, I mean, think about the 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 clarity with which they can see things yes. now. You know, I mean, they can probably with with you know spy satellites, you know, read the time off your watch from space. Um, oh, that's that's just freaking me out. That's yeah, just, that's just freaking me out. Yeah, it, yeah, and I, they can also. Using infrared, can't they tell if a house is occupied and all of that? I mean, it's, it's, uh, um, yeah, it, the, the technology is unreal. Yeah, yeah, and they shoot a laser at the windows and listen to what you're saying inside the house because your windows vibrate when you talk. Um, I mean, seriously? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's existed <laughs> for quite a while. Um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there. W- I mean, speaking is just sound waves, right? And so those sound waves echo off of stuff. And even things like your glass windows will, I mean, obviously, if there's wind and stuff outside, that's going to create a lot of noise and interference. But they've got filters and stuff to, to deal with a lot of that, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you really, really, really want to uh, spy on somebody, there's not much that you or I can do about it. Wow. Well, so let's, let's talk about Carnival Cruise Lines. They're spying on people? (laughs) Not, I hope not. But um, uh, they're canceling most of their U.S. sailings through the end of this year, which is not at all surprising. Yeah. Uh, That's the latest sign that the cruise industry's recovery from the coronavirus pandemic uh, could still be many months away. Now, they have started selling um, tickets or selling, you know, uh, uh, rooms for 2021 sailings and i think you can purchase them pre-purchase all the way out to 2022 the problem is is how do you know that the company's still going to be there if they end up in bankruptcy and you've spent all this money to go to i don't know alaska or whatever um you know are, would you get that money back and so there's a risk for the consumer uh as well 
So the company said Thursday it's canceling sailings from, from all ports except its home port of Miami and Port Canaveral, Florida. Uh, Carnival said it will focus its initial return to operations on those two ports. Uh, but it's stressed that it still might not sail from those ports in November and December. Um, so, yeah, a Nor- Norwegian cruise line said Thursday as well that it hasn't that it hasn't canceled any cruise. Uh, said sorry, it said on Thursday that it hasn't canceled any cruises and remains optimistic it can resume U.S. operations soon. Those Norwegian is optimistic listing, Norwegians. No- exactly, Norwegian is listing November cruises from Florida to the Bahamas and New York to Bermuda on its website. I would be very hesitant about a cruise. You know, even in the best of time, cruises are always getting um, Legionnaire's disease and weird things like that happening. You know, in the, in the damp environment, things grow inside the ventilation systems. And, and when there's a virus plaguing the earth, I'm not sure that's when I would want to be locking myself into a, uh, a ship for multiple days. No, <laughs> I just, I, it just seemed to me like it would be a, a Petri dish because... You know, they're, they're basically floating cities, and you have thousands yeah. of people all using the same spaces. It just That just doesn't sound appealing to me at all. Yeah. Well, that said, you know, as much I've heard lots of people just absolutely love being on a cruise. I have not gone on a cruise largely because of that. The idea of me and a bunch of people in a tin can doesn't sound terribly appealing um, to me, although I know they go to some beautiful places, and I've thought about it, maybe trying it at some point, but now's not the time for me anyway. Personally, so, so another Florida story. Um, do you have an extra four hundred bucks lying around? No. You could buy a swan. Lakeland, Florida, is Just selling their swans. Just what I wanted—a swan. And the thing about it, though, swans come in pairs and they mate for life. So mm-hmm. if you buy a swan, isn't that cruel? Yeah, I, I want. Mean, uh, yes, you need eight hundred really, so you can get the pair. Right, Unless, of exactly. course, you're just looking for a, an expensive meal. Yeah, but I don't even know that they taste good. Do you ever hear about anybody eating a swan? <laughs> I don't know. I've yeah, heard of no. goose, but not not a swan. How different is it? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. It's know. It's like people don't eat swans because they're pretty. We eat the goose because so they're kind of nasty animals. <laughs> they are. Well, and we don't even eat the, the, the in the UK. They don't have turkeys, and so they eat the goose. They yeah. eat they eat geese, but we have That's turkeys. Right. So why Dickens, would we eat geese? They eat the goose. Yes. So. Um, Apparently, they're, they're looking to sell about half of their 80 resident swans that live on Lake Morton. And um, apparently cost 10000 bucks to feed and care for the birds. Well, stop feeding them. They have wings. They'll go somewhere else. Yeah, they'll figure out how to eat. You don't need to sell them. Stop feeding them. So, unless, well, yeah, I mean, even, even when they, even if they try, you know, if they don't want them to travel, they clip feathers. Feathers tend to grow back. They're like hair. Um you know, unless they've done I, I, something to them so that they're not able to take care of themselves. I don't know. Are they so inbred that they don't know how to go, like, peck on the ground and eat stuff? I, I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't understand either. And, and again, I'm, I'm worried about, like I said, swans mate for life. Lots of birds do. Yeah. And, you know, if people, are they going to sell a swan? I, I just... Seems know, wrong. Wild, it seems wrong. Stop feeding them and they'll go somewhere else. They will. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, cost too much to feed them. Then don't. Then don't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> problem solved. You know they 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 will eat fish and stuff in the lake and bugs and and you know whatever. I mean, really, yeah. I I don't understand. It doesn't seem like there's a problem here. 
I just, I know. Unless they just want to do a fundraiser and sell off Swan. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I want that one. Okay, go catch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, it says they're going to be rounding them up, which, okay. Swans are aggressive, too. Just They're just as aggressive as geese. Yeah, I think and they're so, basically really closely related to geese, aren't they? Yes, yes. And so, uh, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, <laughs> okay, Florida, you do you. <laughs> yeah. No, people think that people in, you know, L.A. are a little goofy. Come on. People are so, goofy everywhere. <laughs> there's apparently a fat contest going on. In, you heard me right. I win. Fat... A, that would be me. A fat contest going on in an Alaska national park. So, if you're fed up with the election, there's another contest taking place in America. It's the annual Fat Bear Week. You know, it's, they're going to be hibernating, so bears have gotten really fat. Yeah, they and fatten so, themselves up for hibernation. It's, exactly. It's so, this, this Fat Bear Week is underway in Alaska as the brown bears at Katmai National Park. Uh, prepare for hibernation. Uh, Fat Bear Week websites list 12 contenders, including last year's champ, Holly, nicknamed the Queen of Corpulence, Otis, a three-time winner and a master of patience and efficiency, and a bear with the appropriate name of Chunk. (laughs) Voting is taking place this week on the heavyweight contenders. I um, vote for Chunk. Yeah, I know, who have been separated into March Madness-style brackets. And uh, uh, the winner will be selected on October 6th, which is this coming Tuesday, which is which is appropriately named mm-hmm. Fat Bear Tuesday. Chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they've got web, six webcams set up and, um, you know, that, uh, you know, they're they're some of these bears weigh more than a thousand pounds. Um, oh, yeah. You know. They're getting ready for the. They're getting ready for the winter because otherwise they won't survive. Jeff Cohen. Jeff Cohen. It's the actor who played Chunk on The Goonies. Oh, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I know that was completely out of left field, but uh, go Chunk. By the way, perfectly fit young uh, young man. He's 46 now, um, but uh, he's an attorney and former actor, and. Uh, does no longer looks like Chunk. Uh, well, a lot of a lot of chubby kids, though, yeah. they, they when they grow up, they lose that baby fat. Yeah, you, he grew out of it. I mean, he was a kid when he played that that role. So, uh, back in nineteen eighty five, The Goonies, cute movie, cute uh, movie. You know, I I, uh, I don't even. I'm sure I watched it, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, you know, you want something lighthearted, and, and we were talking earlier today. It's like, can we have something happy, some happy news? Go watch The Goonies. It's fun. It's funny. It's silly. Um, and there's things that are probably um, um, inappropriate today in terms of, of um, uh, you know, the Asian kid is a nerdy kid, and, the you know, and then there's the fat kid, and there's the, you know, th- there's some culturally insensitive things in the movie from 1985 and who cares it's 1985 it's a funny movie it's an old movie just go watch it you know I mean there's a gentleman who has some deformities and they make fun of him you know and so I mean it's just it is what it is it is what it is it is what it is it's 1985 let's not get let's not judge the world by what we think today and let's also not think today that we're far superior to everybody who so, ever existed before us. <laughs> I, 
Yes, and, and we try to pretend that we're so virtuous. We have, there's things about us that we do, that we say, that we wear, that we think, that people in the future will look back and say, those people were a bunch of morons. You yeah. know, that's... that's. And by the future, we mean next Monday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, the... Just remember that every every generation and every uh, every age has looked at their past in retrospect as somehow the dark ages, and that at some point we learned that that we're not geniuses. So let's just keep that in mind now, so that we don't regret it later. That's all we're saying. Um, yeah, so Goonies, it's a good movie. I heard somewhere that they were going to try to remake the Goonies at one time, and my answer is, please don't. Please oh, don't. yeah. It's a That's classic like... kids movie from the from 1985. Just leave it there. Yeah, make, yeah. make something that will be a classic kids movie from this era. Don't try to remake the Goonies. Exactly, yeah. You know, we don't need a Goonies 2. Uh, you know, we just don't. Or, or we also a reboot. don't need any more superhero movies. Yeah, reboot. I'm just going to put that out there. You know, as much as I've enjoyed some of those, I've, I, they've kind of run the course. You know, it's I mean, like my goodness. The, the fine folks who did the, um, the uh, universe for Marvel, the MCU. You know, they're supposed to be starting the fourth generation of that or the fourth series, and Black Widow was supposed to be the first movie, and it was basically postponed for the entire year. Now it's going to happen sometime in 2021, and we'll see if it goes on from there. Um, and I was looking forward to it for a while, but after having not had any, not had any real new movies at all, other than Tenet, all year long, um, I'm kind of going like I, I miss good movies, but I don't really miss those movies that much. You know, because they're all like, the same. Yeah, they're you know, I mean, they're it's it's mostly about the characters. If you like the characters, um, you know, the CGI, the look, the feel, that yeah, that's all definitely the same. The storytelling, I mean, they're lucky in that there is a deep, rich history in the comic books of a lot of these characters and lots of stories to dig from. So they could keep going for a long, long time, as long as people are willing to keep going and seeing them, but. Yeah, I think that as what we saw as they were wrapping up with the most recent sort of arc of the stories is that people were, you know, okay, yay, we're seeing sort of the end of this era. I'm not sure we necessarily need to start a new era, <laughs> you know. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I know that's been a cash cow for Disney. And the last thing I want to do is wish Disney, Disney you know, financial problems with their movies since they're their uh uh parks are uh struggling did you hear um that i guess today california is supposed to be releasing outlines for the reopening of theme parks good they should have done that i don't know why it's taken this long to do it you know um because there are so many theme parks in in california we have Mm -hmm. a ton of them Mm -hmm. and so you know even the small ones you think about like uh in riverside county uh there's um castle park mm-hmm. which you know i remember when our kids were uh in elementary school and middle school we used to go to castle park all the time um yeah little they love the rides yeah and- we bought an annual pass to um to castle park and yeah. you know because we could go over there and the kids had just as much fun, not maybe not just as much fun as going to disneyland it wasn't quite as big a deal but it was also a tenth the cost and we could go yes. and come back home 
um, you know, yes. go over and ride a couple rides and, you know, have a box of popcorn and go, yay, and then come back home. And they had a good time and they giggled and laughed. It was a special day for them. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, if you're as adults, you don't probably ride the rides with the kids because they want to do their own thing. And so you don't have to pay admission. You just are there to watch your kids and you buy tickets for the kids to go on the rides mm -hmm. um, and or, you know, buy a pass for them. And, and it's fun, you know saves you money. I always got a pass for me. I want to ride the rides. What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? What foreign language are you speaking? <laughs> so we didn't always do that because, you know, yeah. I, we would, especially when the kids got to be like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth right. grade, you know, they yeah. really wanted to be like, yeah. they wanted to ride the rides with their friends. Yeah. Like, like, okay, well, Mom, I'll be parents and you go ride and, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. And I the nice thing is those parks aren't so huge that you feel like your child is like, you know, three miles away from you at any yes. given point in time. You know, you can yes. pretty much see where they're at the whole time, you know, so you, you, you keep an eye on what's going on. I mean, it's it's uh, and like you said, lots of fun and and, you know, reasonably good pizza. <laughs> yeah. Y yes. Well, and you know, we also did Fiesta Village because it's right down the street. So, yeah. Um, and then Reagan later worked at Fiesta Village, and and those places are hurting, and those are locally owned. I mean, it's yeah. you know we 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 want people to, again. I drove by Fiesta Village the other day, and crowds. it was open. There was a line. I kid you not, two hundred people long. Uh, Seriously? Looked like yes, and it looked like they were at the batting cages, but I don't know specifically what they were lining up for. I was driving by, well, good. so you couldn't like you know rubberneck too much without risking crashing into the guy in front of you. So I thought, well, maybe that's more important. Since I was driving a car at the time, that maybe I should actually focus on driving the car. So, yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah, but there was so just the, I'm glad the it's open. parking lot was full. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Wow, I'm impressed," um, and and a little concerned about the 200 people in line who were clearly not social distanced at all. Um, but other than that, yeah. And I don't know what we're they were lining up for. Going to have to learn how to live with this virus. This virus isn't going anywhere. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to like, have to learn how to live with it. Learn we how to stand in line and create a little space between you and the guy who's coughing yes. and sneezing. Um, exactly. Or the guy who's coughing and sneezing needs to stay home. Right. Yeah. So. Anyhow, you know, I mean, and lots of places are, you know. Um, I had to go to Lowe's yesterday to get a light switch. I had one of those light switches that, you know, like is a motion sensing one. So if you move around, the light came on in my oh, shack yeah. out back studios. And so it didn't have a mechanical switch. It had like an electronic switch. So you could tap the little thing if you wanted to turn lights on or off. And, uh, and so when I would come into the shack, the light would come on. I thought, okay, that's a nice idea. Um, and one day the light wouldn't go out. And sometimes I like to not have the overhead light right above my head on when I'm in here. Um, uh, you know, I've got lights other places in the room and I don't need the light that's directly above my head on cause it casts a shadow onto my desk and <laughs> it's just this bright light. And that's annoying. It is. And I couldn't turn it off. And so I had to go buy, I just went and bought a regular old mechanical switch and said, no more fancy schmancy for me. And, uh, now you, it's on or it's off. <laughs> it's just the way they work, those switches. And, uh, so I, I switched that out yesterday. But I had to go to Home Depot. And they, you know, have basically at every register the little markers. You know, wait here, social distance, six feet. So everybody, just, everybody is used to it by now. We all stand in our little spot and make sure that we've, there's some distance between us. And 
Yep. You know, occasionally you talk to the person in front of or behind you and laugh about how bizarre this all is. And everybody goes, yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and then we, you know, take a step forward when it's our turn. And then when we get up, we go, you know, no soup for you. Uh, which is kind of what it feels like. For those you of you who a... saw the Soup Nazi uh, episode on Seinfeld, if on you Seinfeld. saw them, if you saw them standing in line, that's kind of how it feels standing in line everywhere now. Um, so, um, if you've got a million and a half dollars lying around, Bob I didn't hopes... have four hundred dollars for a goose or a swan. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it's uh, Bob Hope. His uh, former Palm Springs home is now up for sale. Ah, the home of hope. One point four nine five million. It's a twenty nine hundred and forty three square feet uh, uh, ranch style that. home that was yeah. completed in nineteen thirty five and recently remodeled. Cool. It has five bedrooms, seven bathrooms, and it sits on more than a third of an acre with an oversized swimming pool. So it looks like the swimming pool. Uh, it might be twenty five yards. It's it's long. It's it's the whole length of the house. Um, That's very possible. Six, yeah. Inside floor-to-ceiling glass walls, uh, which is, I'm sure, beautiful, especially in the winter. Large retractable awning shades at the poolside deck. Mature hedges and fruit trees surround the park-like double lot, which boasts a casita with a private entrance. So there's a granny flat. Uh, the main house has an open floor plan with Schumacher and Cole and Son wallpapers on the, and, uh, on the living and dining room uh, walls. Uh, other highlights of the house um, include a breakfast area, updated kitchen, and laundry area, two-car garage, yada, yada. And, uh, man, that'd be pretty cool to live in Bob Hope's old house. Yeah. Well, you know, he, his other house um, was for sale back in 2013. He had a um, – um, it hit the market for $50 million and it was a 23,366-square-foot home designed in 1973 and looks like a spaceship. So twenty three thousand square feet. Yeah, that's like a Walgreens. Yeah, <laughs> and you look at this thing, and it literally looks like a spaceship. It's sort of got this giant concrete round thing, with a house, a glass house, sitting in the middle of it. It's bizarro, and it's got views of, of uh, Los Angeles. It says Hope's twenty three thousand three hundred and sixty six square foot home was designed in seventy three by Lautner to resemble a volcano. The modernist structure is built of concrete and glass with undulating copper roof that rises to an open semicircle at its, at its center. Would you want to live in a concrete house in, in uh, Southern California? I wouldn't. Well, you know, if, if it's done right, it could also mean that it's like cold like a cave inside. Oh, I was uh. thinking earthquake. Oh, that, yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. Although, see, the house basically sits in the middle of the hole in the center of the volcano space. It's very weird. It only has six bedrooms, but it has 12 bathrooms. Wait a minute. 23,000 square feet and there are only six bedrooms? Apparently, the, each bedroom is the size of my house. Apparently. Dang. And, uh, yeah. Huh. Psh. Well, we'll ponder that over the weekend because yes. we are out of time. It was in South, it's, the house is in Southridge. Dominate huh. sweeping views of the entire Coachella Valley. Interesting. Interesting. All oh, right. he owned a well, collection of, of homes in Palm Springs in L.A. So he owned, apparently he collected houses like you and I collect uh, lint or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, 
I'm like, like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, like what do I collect? Just bunnies. <laughs> yeah, gee whiz. Well, when you got, you know, when you got More lots money of money, God. you go, you just go like, eh, what do you want to do? Let's build a house that looks like a volcano. Okay. <laughs> well, he was a comedian. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he so he says, I don't know. I just had this plan and it just blew up. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. And so we are completely out of time, Todd. Yes, we are. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you.